Welcome to the Republican Professor. This morning we have with us Dr. Tom Buckles. And I am in California. I'm in Southern California. Tom, you're in uh, Southern California too, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. West, east of you, but yes. East. Really? Yeah. I'm uh, uh, towards the uh, uh, Riverside, San Bernardino area. Oh, really? Okay. Cool. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Dr. So, Tom Buckles, you are a longtime professor of business, and you are the first professor of busyness <laughs> that we've had on this podcast, besides me, which I don't really count because I taught in business departments, but I wasn't really a business professor. I was like on loan from <laughs> the philosophy department. And it's just like I was never in the criminal justice department. I was on loan to them from mm -hmm. the political science department. So I've taught like five different disciplines, but you were a dedicated busyness professor for a long time, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. For almost 40 years. 40 um, years? Well, really? Yeah. I don't yeah, think I, started, I even knew it was that long. Wow. I started teaching in um, 1978. I am just now learning this. Wow. I was thinking you started teaching in like the early nineties or something. Wow. Okay. Well, I got my PhD in 91, but, um, that must've been <clears throat> what I was thinking. Okay. You got your PhD in 90, but, but we'll get back. I'll run through that, uh, chronology in just a minute here. Um, well, okay. the reason we had you on is cause you have an associate's degree, right? Associate degree. Do you have an associate's degree? You mean to my, my position? No, 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 no. The degree is a two-year two degree. A degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You have one of those? Yes, I do. That's really why we had you on. We wanted you to talk about your associate's degree. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm, um. oh, no, Tom, where did you go? There you go. I was kidding about the associate's degree. Okay. I have an associate's degree, too, and um, I was act like i'm bragging about it but anyway mm. i didn't know you had it what did you have your associate's degree in uh 74 what what's it in though what's the oh, major? Uh, business and economics okay where'd you get that at uh porterville community college porterville mm -hmm. where's that at it's about uh 200 miles uh north of southern california it's a small town in central valley of california between bakersfield and fresno is it on the 99? Uh, it's about 17 miles east of the 99. It's at oh. the base of the Sierra Nevadas, Sequoia National Forest. Oh, that's Forest. cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I grew up about 10 minutes from Sequoia National Forest. Oh, man, I'm maybe, so... Maybe 15 minutes. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, I, I probably should just uh, say right now before we move on, I forgot to tell you the, the rule is I, we, I can't say my wife's name on this, so... Just okay. FYI. All right. So um, <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, I'm so jealous of that. I, I we do want to go up there and check out, you know, the Sequoia National Forest. I've been up there, but I haven't brought my wife up there yet. Um, it's, um, it's, not, it's pretty devastated with the fires the last couple of years. Um, yeah. um, I went up there last summer uh, and uh, I was. Uh, I was devastated by all the devastation that was there. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was phenomenal. I, I really, mm -hmm. uh, 
it probably I'll never see it again the way I grew up with it in my <sighs> lifetime, probably. Um, and uh, uh, the this, this forest service station that I worked at um, was was closed. Um, so because of uh, the fires and stuff. Wow. And I'm sorry to hear that crew. So, um, okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway. now we're getting all sad here at the beginning of this, uh, episode here because of this, there's a lot of sadness that's been the last few years mm-hmm. here in California. There's a lot mm-hmm. of sadness. There's a lot of trauma, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you feel like we're adequately managing the forest here in California? I mean, do you think that these fires are just inevitable or is there something that we could have been doing differently? Um, yeah, I don't really. Um, uh, Seems like we could be harvesting more. Why, why don't we put that wood to use, make some furniture instead of make it go well, out into the sky and smoke? Well, it is actually. The Forest Service is uh, different than the Department of Interior. The Department right. of Interior manages the National Park System. Okay. And the Department of Agriculture manages the Forest Service. And so the wood products are considered uh, harvestable and they harvest the wood. Um, and so that's why <clears throat> the two. So this is a have, federal issue. It's not a state issue. Yeah. Okay. Well, there is a there is a California Division of Forestry mm-hmm. and they handle state parks like. Um, Balch Park is uh below um is in the sequoia national forest as well but it's a state park and they manage that so if there is a fire at bulge park then they they go first and they need assistance they ask us um but um uh, and there's a number of state parks in the area and and they, they manage also the um well yeah the state parks never mind um whereas the forest service manages the the uh force the, the the forests themselves uh so there's two different firefighting philosophies for example uh with the department with the national park service if it's below ten thousand feet roughly uh, then they rarely take it they, they rarely uh do anything about it they want that to clean up the brush so if you remember the forest fire they had uh or the fire they had at um um yellowstone a few years ago um they just let it burn for a long time because they wanted the brush to get cleaned out. Uh, then they finally went in and, and started working on it. The, the forest service, on the other hand, uh, any fire that's on any forest gets, gets attacked. Um, and for, for uh, whatever reason. Um, so this okay. is a three, All right. they'll send a three man crew in on a lightning fire. Uh, and if they, and they can't do that, then pulling, if it explodes, uh, for example, redwood trees is the national, is the state tree. Mm-hmm. And if a redwood tree cuts catch on fire, we can't do anything about that. The um, uh, we have the call a specialist. We can't cut the tree down. Uh, we had one situation where we had a crew, one person sitting twenty four hours a day on a redwood tree. Um, uh, Let, that, let's get uh, let's get into your firefighting a little bit later. Let's go fine. back to your associate's degree. Yeah. Okay. You grew up in that area did you grow up in the same house yes pretty that's much from awesome. second grade on oh that's awesome yeah and so that was just the local community college portaville mm-hmm. yeah my dad worked there he was, was the he number a- three guy he was the number three guy there 
he was not a professor. He was an administrator. He was a professor for a long time and then he became an administrator. So you're a son of a professor. Yes, that's true. Yeah. What did he teach? He taught accounting, economics, business law. Oh, I see. So, so it's in the serial, in other words. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. He did and not have a PhD. Was he a, a vice president or a dean or what was he when he, he was the, provost? Um, you know, that's a good question. I don't know what his title was. Um, they did. They just call him number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a president. Then there was the, um, the vice president VP of um, there's sometimes more than one VP though. Yeah. I, I guess he was a VP. He, he was in charge of um, uh, vocational education and uh, he was really good at getting grants. And so uh, did you ever have your dad as a professor yourself? No. <laughs> he, he was, did you avoid that yeah. oh, okay. no yeah, no sorry. no he was an administrator by the time i got there okay he uh, he was there when it first started let's zoom forward to your the end of your academic schooling you got a phd and what did you get your phd in my phd is in marketing and it's from arizona state university in, in marketing oh yeah yeah in tempe how do you say it tempe or tempe or whatever Tempe. Um, and you got that in 1991 and mm -hmm. you had already been teaching. You said you started teaching in 1978 so that you had, gosh, almost a decade and a half of teaching experience. Did, were you teaching when you got your PhD? Yes. Were you, so you were an adjunct or you were full-time? No, full-time. Really? No. So the way it worked was, um, um, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time on a Friday afternoon, basically. <laughs> um, I, I knew the associate dean of the business school. Uh, I got my MBA at, at Cal State Sacramento. Um, and uh, I knew the associate dean very well. And he, um, Friday afternoon, I was there doing something. And uh, he asked me, he said, hey, Tom, you want to teach a manager class? I said, sure, why not? And I thought he was kidding. Um, and he said, okay, Sherry, Tom's going to teach that class starting Monday. <laughs> so what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> classes started in the, in the next week. And so I, I taught him principles of manager course. Was um, this while you were getting your MBA or after yeah, you already in my MBA program? Right. So you already had your MBA at this no, time? No, no, no. I was okay. finishing my MBA. Okay. Yeah. I finished my coursework that spring of 78 and I finished my, my master's thesis in the fall of 78. And, gotcha. I teaching, and I taught one class while I was teaching, while I was uh, finishing coursework. Then I taught a couple of classes in the summertime. And then I taught full time for the next two years. And actually I taught overtime as well uh, a few times. I taught more than four classes. Good old um, Cal State. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's what I kind of thought, realized. I kind of liked what I was doing. And, um, you know, you're in a park-like setting. People take care of it for you. Um you get new employees every every three months. You know, students uh, come in, so they don't like you. You don't like them. They're not around that whole lot. Every, everybody can survive each other for you know, twice a week or whatever it is. Um, and if they don't like it, they just don't come. <laughs> so uh, you know, so no one's making you them. immediately liked it teaching. I did. Yeah, I I had taught I taught swimming lessons, lifeguard lessons. Uh, I taught a number of different things in the past. And I just sort of enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. And 
what were really the, what were the students like? Do you remember 1970s? This was Carter. Now this is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know flashbacks. Yeah. Talk about yeah, being yeah. sad. Talk about being yeah, sad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, students are much more industrious. Um, and back my then, so- back then they were. Back then, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah they were more um, uh, uh, more serious about school. Well, I should say more serious. They were more focused on school. Is, is probably a better way to say it. Um, okay. What's the know, difference between being serious and focused? College. What do you what, it, you have some kind of distinction between being fe- serious and focused on school? I'm I'm missing that distinction. Well, you, I I think there's a lot of I think students today are a number of students are still serious about school, but that's not their primary focus. Um, so when I was okay. like when I was an undergraduate, uh, a student, if they worked ten or fifteen hours a week while they're going to school full-time, that was a big deal. Like, wow, how can you do that? Um, when I when I, I worked for the Forest Service, I fought fires and um, I was on a helicopter crew. So we'd jump out, fight the fire, jump back in and leave. Um, and um, uh, I got paid really well for that. So I, I did that in the summertime and never had to work during the school year. Uh, whereas a lot of students worked all year round. Um, and it's the same thing in the end when I was in general as even at Cal State. Uh, today, students have, they go to school three quarters or full time. They work three quarters or full time. They have a significant relationship. They're involved in two or three clubs. I mean, there's a lot of, and if there's a cultural issues, then family can, can become very important uh, in Asian community, Hispanic communities. Um, yeah, you know, if your third cousin twice removed is coming to town, you got to get to be there for it, you know. Um, whereas yeah. Americans, if it's your sister, your brother, well, you know, I'll see him later. Um, yeah, yeah. So the family, the so there's a lot of those kinds of pressures, and, and working is a big deal. Um, you know, when I went to Davis, UC Davis undergraduate, um, my monthly, I was in the dorms, was $185 a month. And that's, I got, where, that's where you finished your your bachelor's. That's where I did my bachelor's degree, right? In economics. Okay, and so you did your junior and senior year there. Yes. Did mm-hmm. your associates transfer? Yes, everything. Hmm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, kind of like the that was kind of the point of the original system where they got the, they had these community right. colleges. So it'd be right. a bit much if they didn't transfer at a Cal school. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, well, I mean, that's the whole point of having a community college is it would be a stepping stone for people to. Right. Well, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you did your, 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 did your BA and, and economics. Yes. Or BS. Was that BS or BA? Yeah. Cause economics isn't BS. Economics is serious stuff. That's cool. You got your BA. So, um, you were saying that students are more, we're more focused on. Yeah. Well, like I said, so when I was there, yeah. I, I was able to um, not work at all. And a lot of us, a lot of us didn't, but a number of students did work um, and it was a drag for them. Um, but some of them enjoyed it. Whereas today um, students are really pulled in different directions. And I think that's one reason why they're, they're yeah. a lot different for the most part. Some okay. students don't work. Um, they're, right. they're fortunate not to have to work, but uh, mm-hmm. most students do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think some students can feel compelled to work because everybody else is working. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's 
true or not, but it seems that way sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's I think that's one of the major issues is, is terms of um, uh, working because it's more expensive. Like I said, I was what I was saying was that the dorms when I lived in the dorms, uh, it was one hundred eighty five dollars a month, and that included linen service. So I got my laundry every done with my bed sheets and my, my towels every week, once a week, I think Tuesday mornings, I went down and changed my sheets and my towels for a new set. Um, wow. And then I include room and board. And then, um, and my. Huh. Um, so in other words, you had food attached to that. Yeah. 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 There was food and there was room and board. Uh, and then, well, that's, that's what food is board, I guess. Um, yeah. And then so a strange uh, name for food. I mean, why don't they just yeah, say room yeah. and food, but they say room and board. Boarding and boarding houses, like, well, I'm not going to eat a board. What do you, yeah, I think it's boarding houses. It comes back to, you know, where you um, board there and um, there's some, but, kind of, and, yeah. and, and my uh, fees to it, my, my uh, 210 bucks a, a quarter um, for full time, so, you know, hmm? for full time yeah. school. Yeah. yeah full time school. And my books might be, a really expensive quarter would be around seventy-five to one hundred dollars for books, hmm. and today a book can cost eighty dollars. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, even just a, a small marketing book can cost a hundred dollars, which oh, easily is which is I think outrageous. But you know, yeah. but the, the books we I had were black and white. You know, they didn't have really a lot of color in them. Um, and, right. Uh, uh, well, but now, I, now black means color. You're not keeping up with the times, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but white doesn't mean color. That's right. So, I guess that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I missed that meeting, but somehow everybody else was at that meeting and uh, I, I missed that email. But, um, yeah. well, um, <clears throat> yeah. And, and ironically, those marketing books don't even seem to have to be marketed to, to, <laughs> to, get, sure. to sure. command the hundred dollar price. It's weird. Well, it's interesting to get this this uh, perspective since the '70s teaching. Um, I uh, wow, you have a long perspective here for in California. Um, there's so many things I would love to ask. So you you uh, taught at Cal State Sacramento for two years. Is that right? Right. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go after that? Uh, well, towards the end of my tenure there. Uh, or teaching there, yeah. I, I decided I really kind of like teaching, and um, uh, I was talking to a couple of professors who are sort of mentors of mine, one in particular, and uh, he was suggesting that I look at the PhD programs, and I, I was, um, University of Washington, University of Arizona, mm-hmm. Berkeley, um, and a couple of places, University of Oregon, um, and, and uh, one of my mentor professors you know, had gone to Arizona State, and uh, at that time, it gave that seems it like it doesn't fit with those other schools like Berkeley, Washington. No, no. What, what's what was it about Arizona State that stuck out at you? Um, were you a biker? Well, Did you carry a gun? Just kidding. Sorry, when I think when I think of Arizona, I think of bikers and people with guns. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was looking at University of Arizona in Tucson. Oh, okay. gotcha. um, and, and, uh, um, I was looking mainly at land grant colleges. Um, but, um, uh, so one professor who I respected a lot had gone to Arizona state. Uh, and, the re- and I was also looking actually just to back off for a second. Um, 
I was looking at the University of at Davis as well. Oh, but, okay. Um, All right. They didn't have a business school, but a friend of mine had gotten an independent PhD. So you can actually go to a, a, a University of California and get a PhD in an area where there's no other PhD in that area. Um, huh. So my friend had gotten a PhD in consumer behavior. And so she had actually had to go to three different UCs. She did most of her work at, at Davis, but she went to UCLA and UC Riverside uh, for a couple of quarters to get some courses there. Um, and I was that sounds at like a lot of driving. <laughs> well, she yeah, she actually moved down to Southern California for those classes um, for the quarters that she was down here. Um, wow. And yeah, but you're right. Um, the uh, um, so I was looking at that for a professor at, at uh, Davis a little bit, mainly because Arizona State gave a DBA at the time and a doctor in business administration, which is basically a practitioner's degree. Uh, it's like a PsyD or an EDD, right? Right, um, right, right. But it, it's um, uh, Indiana University, Indiana University of Indiana gave one. Uh, Harvard still gives a DBA. Um, as a matter of fact, if you go to Stanford uh, on the business school prof stores, a number of them will have a bumper sticker that says, "What does Stanford do better than Harvard? PhD." Um, and so um, there's a lot of rivalry between that. Um, but USC. University of Washington, a lot of schools gave DBAs at the time. Um, and mainly because of, when, coming out of World War II, a lot of people had a lot of experience either as, as um, officers or they were working right after the war and then they um, moved into teaching uh, after they had maybe 15, 20 years of executive experience. So uh, there used to be a foreign language requirement, for example, the PhD uh, that got changed to uh, uh, computer, uh, excuse me, uh, well, not computer languages also, but back then it was mainly uh, statistics could be your foreign language. Um, yeah, it's a research so, tool, yeah. Yeah, so in any event, um, I went to Arizona State, meaning because uh, I was going down to the University of Arizona to check, to talk to some people down there. And um, I told my professor that had gone there that I was gonna drop by Arizona State for you know half a day or a day maybe on my way back mm -hmm. and unbeknownst to me he called ahead of time and told him I was coming and said that this guy's a really uh, great guy you need to you know take this guy admit him because he's he'd be really an excellent student I didn't know this at the time until I didn't know until two or three years later probably um, but um, so I went there and my half day our Susan's in my half day experience turned into two days um, and before I left, they offered me a position in, in, in the fall of uh, 1980 class. And uh, I hadn't applied yet either. So they gave, they gave me, you know, tuition waiver and, and uh, scholarship and this and the other thing. And so I thought to myself, well, well you know, I mean, you want to go someplace where they want you. So um, um, and uh, anyway, and the other thing was that. Uh, the school my wife was interested in going to for a graduate degree had just opened an extension in Phoenix. So mm -hmm. it sort of met um, that criteria as well. Uh, so I entered into a DBA program and about a year or so later it became a PhD program because a lot, of, a lot of the DBA programs were requiring the same thing as PhD programs. And uh, my, my, in 1980 was the first class ASU had, there were only doctoral students. 
before that, it was, wasn't, wasn't uncommon for a lot of schools. They still do this actually. Well, they have a graduate level class and they'll have two tracks, a master's class and a PhD track. And there's, there's different requirements for those, those courses, for those programs in those, for those courses. Um, so when you were in this DBA, um, they, what did they all of a sudden just say, you didn't have emails, right? <laughs> so you what, had a pamphlet in your box or something and said, hey, no. this is a PhD program now. And you're, yeah. did right. it add, it added requirements, obviously. Well, the thing is, and, and the, um, the reason you had why to do, is it, you, it had to add requirements, right? Didn't it? Well, not our, our program didn't know, as it turns out. Well, the thing is, is that um, uh, the dean of our school had a DBA from Indiana University um, and our University of Indiana, sorry. And they had one of the more rigorous DBA programs in the country. Um, <clears throat> and he figured if he had a DBA, it was good enough for everybody else as well. And so Arizona State had a DBA program. Um, the graduate school uh, the, there, um, they wanted, they, they were looking to push it towards a PhD program, but the dean didn't want to do that. So they waited for the dean to retire. When he retired, then the school uh, applied for and got approved like within a month and a half or something uh, mm -hmm. to be a PhD program because it met all the requirements for a PhD program. Okay. Uh, and in matter of fact, University of Indiana, uh, or Indiana University, I think it's Indiana University. Um, <clears throat> they had two tracks, a PhD track and a DBA track. And you could pick either one you want to go into. And um, the, 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 the major difference for a lot of schools was that the, the dissertation was more practitioner oriented versus more academically oriented. Right. And so- yeah, um, Same with PsyD versus PhD yeah, in psychology. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, the- uh, uh, the, the DBA program was so rigorous at Indiana that most students were thinking, well, if I'm going to go do this much work, I might as well get a PhD. And right. they finally okay. closed out the, the, the um, uh, DBA. DBA program, I believe. And USC converted to a PhD program. Um, so you Washington converted to a PhD program. What, what year did you enter that program at ASU? Uh, the PhD program? The DBA program. Oh, the, remember oh, it was yeah. DBA yeah. at the time. Is it 1980? You entered in 1980. Yeah. So it took 11 years to finish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I took um, <clears throat> I took a year off, but eight, um, wow. 15 months off, and, and after my first or second year because of health issues, um, mm. and so I missed a year there, and okay. then everybody has a dissertation horror story usually. And mine was that um, I was collecting data in Arizona, but as it turns out, there's a lot, there's a lot of backstory, but it turns out the person who had come in new, who was going to collect data for me. Um, I knew the program manager really well before. And he said, yeah, you can collect data here. No problem. Well, he got promoted. New guy came in. I didn't realize till six months into it that he wasn't collecting data. I didn't want to. Um, so I lost six months there. And I had to convert everything over to California data collection. So I lost basically two years of um, uh, of dissertation time. And so basically, nope. I lost like three years. So um, okay. the total, right. so it really took me eight years, if you want to be honest about that. Okay. In terms of actual work work. Um, um, 
That's a long time. Yes, <laughs> so, okay. Eight years well, what's of, really scary is if you look at the statistics uh, for people who actually complete a PhD program in place, it's not real high. It's like 15%, 20%. You look at the percent of people who finished yeah. ABD, like I did, it's like 3%, 4%. Um, so I didn't realize, I didn't know at the time, but uh, if I'd gotcha. known, I probably, probably would I wonder what those numbers are now with great inflation. Um, I, don't I don't know. You didn't have great inflation back then. I mean, no. you probably, yeah, yeah. No. Um, you know, okay. So you go into this DBA program at ASU and it already had statistics required and all that. Like a rigorous uh, research tool of some kind. Yeah, we were required to take um, um, multivariate, not multivariate. What's it called? Uh, parametric and non-parametric statistics courses. Um, and actually, my uh, one of my minors is in so is in sociology research methods. So I was the um, I have cool. quite a bit of background in, in uh, causal modeling, uh, which was okay. really big in marketing back in the about uh, 85, 84. And I was the only one in the business school, marketing department in particular, that had this causal modeling background because hmm. of that. Um, cool. And so, yeah, so I, I mean, there's a lot of... Um, and you're typing lot. your papers on typewriters at this time? No, if you remember, um, actually in the late 70s, that's when the big word processors came out, the Wangs and um, uh, some other brands as well. Um, and... Uh, there were actually people who had a lucrative business typing master's theses and, and, and PhD thesis uh, oh. dissertations. So you'd write um, it out by pen on pen and then somebody else would type it for you? Yeah, they type it for you. They charge you like a buck and a quarter a page or a buck of a page. And then they charge you maybe 75 cents or 50 cents for corrections on a page. Um, because what they could do is they, they could program the computer, the, the pro word processor actually, um, <clears throat> to be APA, um, format really? or or oh, uh, Arabian cool. or you know whatever format nice. you had. Nice. And so I mean, I, I mean, gosh, it, I, just but what about your normal papers? Did you do that for your normal papers for your school, like your coursework? Uh, yeah, I typed my first couple of years of papers. Yes, Matter that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work to type. I got a B in a class and uh, health services administration class, which is my other minor, um, because I typed my paper and had a uh, used erasable paper. And the um, what kind of paper? Erase, erasable. Wait, erasable wait, paper. Yeah. Um, so um, did you guys have Xerox machines back then? Could you make yes. copies? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, How yeah. far back do Xerox machines go? Oh. Um, oh, gosh, that's a good question. I just 70s. Heard, 70s. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, but my thought was, uh, you, you go through all this work of typing the daggum thing, <laughs> and then you only have one copy. Yeah. <laughs> then you turn yeah. it in, and what if the guy loses it? Well, yeah, that's that's true. <clears throat> and uh, it was during the '80s when PCs became bigger. Um, yeah. And um, I remember uh, those. I actually so. typed my some of my papers on the on the mainframe. And, and uh, I, the first time I remember Macintoshes, I think I saw the first one when I like 1986 or something mm -hmm. like that, but and I, maybe, yeah, I think that was the earliest and the dot matrix printer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. doesn't yeah. look as good as typing like the type written <clears throat> typewriter. Right. Yeah. Paper, the the, the, the Alki data came out with a 24 pin um, 
printhead that was very close to, to typing. Um, mm-hmm. The eight pin was very, you could definitely tell it was a top matrix printer. Um, but then they came, <laughs> but uh, like I said, Oki Data came out with a 24 inch, 24 pin printer. And um, uh, it was very good. I, I had one actually um, and my doctor program and uh, it was, it was hard not to tell. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, so you, uh, you're doing coursework in the eighties and, and, teach, and I was a TA as well. So I was teaching, two teaching and TAing at the same time. And as a TA, how much responsibility did you have for the class? Uh, totally. Were you, t- oh, so you were TAing and you, and they were basically your classes. Yeah. I got TA for Arizona state was you actually taught the class. So it's like an adjunct. Yes. Cheap labor. Yeah. Cause an adjunct has, um, it's their class. Like they're the professor of record and they create the syllabus and they hold the office hours and they right, actually yeah, submit. Yeah, I mean, the, yes, did you exactly, submit the yeah. grades? I, mean, I chose the book, etc. Did you submit the grades yourself? Yes. Oh yeah. That's like a, basically a part-time professor basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was a TA too, but I never submitted. The, I would grade, but um, my TAing, one, the way I think of TAing is uh, as a teaching assistant at Biola. Um, I would do the grading, um, but the professor of record did most of the lectures. I did a little bit of the lecturing when mm-hmm. the when the professor was out, but then the professor was the one that submitted the grades. It was mm-hmm. under under his name. Right, right. But I would just give him what I had, and mm-hmm. he would look yeah, it over. Lived, yeah. 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 So, but yeah, then when I was at started at being an adjunct professor, um, I, I would get a contract for the entire thing and the, right. you know, from start to finish, including submitting the grades that would be under my name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Interesting. So that's a, uh, that's really legit teaching experience then. <laughs> so right. you, and how many courses were you teaching at a time? Two. Two, two classes a two semester. semester what what's what courses did you typically teach uh initially i was teaching just principles of marketing uh for the okay. first maybe year and a half um maybe two years i forget now but then i i moved up to uh teaching marketing research oh. um was that a promotion for you did yeah, you consider it a promotion? Taught, yeah i was the only doctoral student allowed to teach marketing research marketing so that was that sounds like an upper level class it is yes it is. was it a senior junior level do you remember junior level? i think i think it's a junior level i mean a lot of seniors were in there because it was a rigorous course and they, they waited till the end to take it um principles but, uh, of marketing was that a junior level course too or was yes, that it a was actually sophomore i, I yeah. was going to say it does sound like a junior level course actually yeah i, t- yeah. I took i took principles of marketing and I took it as a junior. <laughs> I have uh, a bunch. Of, I have a b- bunch of business. I took sure. a lot of business classes as an undergrad, and I'm glad I did. I I didn't major in it, but I sure. I just kept taking them because they fit with my schedule and they were interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated. Well, I never got bored in those classes uh, because the professors were always so interesting, mm-hmm. and it just sounded so practical it just felt so practical what i was mm-hmm. doing i was like well i would have never known this otherwise i would have never yeah. known this basic yeah. stuff mm-hmm. so yeah so i have a lot of respect for business actually 
as a I know in in some departments if you say you got a business degree or even some people with a business degree they say yeah I just got a business degree well I'm like well actually those are some of the best courses I took I don't know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. so that sounded now how did you <laughs> you grow up in the forest or near the forest famous forest and how in the world did you get interested in marketing? Hmm. What, what was, what, what's your earliest recollection, Mr. Firefighter? You're out there fighting fires, well, <laughs> Risk, I, risking yeah. your life. And then next thing you know, you're like into marketing and research marketing. The, um, um, good question. Uh, Davis did not have a business school at that time. Um, and uh, they weren't allowed. Hence, to... hence economics. You took economics. Right. Well, I, I, yeah. And I, I didn't realize this. My, um, there, I was in the College of Liberal Arts. And there's a College of Agriculture and, and, and other, other co College of Nursing and Medicine, and Veterinary Medicine, et cetera. Um, and um, so I took some courses in economics and I was assuming, well, there's also some courses over in ag economics as well, an ag school, uh, marketing, management, accounting. And I was thinking, well, I'll just take those courses and put them together for a degree. I didn't realize you couldn't transfer. You, you could transfer almost anything into the school of uh, college of liberal arts, but you couldn't transfer anything hardly into college of agriculture. Uh, hmm. I think it's six units, no, eight units, two courses, basically. Um, and um, uh, so I ended up being stuck in, um, and the thing is economics had, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, economics had finance and they had something else, econometrics, statistics, et cetera. So um, I ended up getting stuck in economics is what happened. Um, and uh, so I just took some courses over in um, ag econ as well. But then when I went to my MBA program, uh, I realized I really liked marketing a lot. Um, and, uh, uh, the only thing I didn't like about marketing at the, at the time, uh, I didn't know any better with sales. I, I was, did not have a high opinion of sales in marketing, but, um, that's changed quite a bit, um, since, since that time. I mean, uh, I didn't know enough about sales at the time to really understand that really you're problem solving. If, if you're a really good salesperson, you're not really selling, you're actually solving a problem. So your real skill is listening and understanding what the problem really is and uh, poking around and helping the person realize I think this. so for example a company might say um, you know you ask them I, I'd come in as a consultant and they say well, our major problem is our sales are declining we have to figure out what's going on with sales and getting them to realize that no <laughs> decreasing sales is not a problem that's a, a symptom that tells you there's a problem, but that's not the problem itself. That's simply the result of a problem. Uh, what's actually causing the decline in sales? Is it poor, poor uh, customer service? Is it poor quality of, uh, of materials? Is it um, uh, shipping problems? You know, there's all sorts of issues behind that. Supply chain, they call it today. Um, so that's really what, what and I, I enjoyed that about marketing. And I actually taught marketing research when I was at Sac State. Uh, and I actually did projects for companies. I, I, I um, had students go out and pick, get their own projects and, uh, or I have somebody called. And so I then would um, uh, do a project. So when I went to Arizona State, they actually did projects also. 
And that's one reason why I was allowed to teach the class because I had experience doing that. So I was doing projects. My students were doing projects for Hertz, Rent-A-Car, uh, Mountain Bell, um, uh, the largest cement manufacturer, uh, Tykert in, 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 in Arizona, Tykert uh, out of Phoenix. It's not anymore. There's an international, uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but uh, out of Air, in Tucson now. Big, big time companies. They yeah. were they get real world experience. Well, and the thing is, students were always um, surprised. It's okay. Well, the, the Mountain Bell people are flying in from Denver uh, tomorrow, and so um, they go, "What? Yeah, I told you they're going to come to the project." And Hertz came out from Texas, um, and uh, we did Harris Trust, which is in Chicago, um, and the students got a real. Uh, that was an interesting problem because. To be a client at Harris Trust, you had to have a minimum net worth of a million dollars, probably five or more. And so everything was first class and they wanted to do a survey of their um, clients because they opened a branch in Scottsdale. So you tell the students that, you know, this is all confidential, NDA, uh, you know, non-disclosure agreements. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, you know, you can't tell your girlfriend, your boyfriend, it stays in the, in the class and stays in the group. Um, so you can't tell anybody about it because if you do, they might cancel the project. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that makes uh, sense. With, yeah. With Harris trust, um, we were about a month and a half into the project and, uh, I get a call from the VP saying that the project's canceled. I said, Oh no, no. I said, what? what happened? And what happened was basically is that the, um, uh, there was a fundraiser social event and the CEO of one private bank in Scottsdale went over to the. Uh, CEO, a president of the Harris Trust Bank in Scottsdale, said, hey, um, Scott, I hear you guys are doing a project at Arizona State, a research project. He goes, huh? He goes, yeah. And he goes, no, we're not. That's when it got canceled right then and there. Um, and the uh, guy came back and told his uh, VPs, that project's canceled. We don't want anything, wow. anybody knowing what we're doing. So I had to tell the students that their project had been canceled. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, the president, vice president told me, you know, Tom, don't go to your dean or your VP or something or other because it, it's a done deal. It's not going anywhere. I said, okay, no problem. Um, and uh, students really got a real lesson at the whole, and it, it went through the school pretty well. The department students picked up really fast. Wow, this is really serious stuff. Um, wow. wow. So um, anyway. Well, what, so during your, during the 80s, did you have the same view of, students that you did in the 70s like did were they still it, it changed serious? It, it shifted um it could be because arizona state at that time was the largest business school in the country it had like ten thousand students in it <clears throat> and arizona state had forty thousand students total um now they have about seventy five thousand students with uh, they have five campuses and um jeez wow. uh, and so the school is much larger but um, I think when you have a larger school, you, then you have a larger population to sample from in terms of getting good students and, 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 and mediocre students at best. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so, so because there's so many students, you're saying that yes. then the students are worse typically. Well, no, you'll have you have a larger you have a larger possibility or a bigger possibility of getting some poor students as well as, as, as really good students. Okay. It's sort of the problem with, you know, should everybody go to college today? The answer is no, they shouldn't. Um, 
at least not when they're uh, the typical college age. I don't think that's um, how colleges think and, about it. New, <laughs> I think the college. Well, think. they don't, and 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 neither, and neither does the. Um, yeah. Neither do Please come. More Give us your money as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, I think and, the colleges um, think we would love to have some of that money. Well, the thing is, to be honest with you, um, a lot of schools um, like Biola, pri- private schools like Biola, Azusa Pacific, Chapman University, Redlands, et cetera, across the country um, would rather have fewer students of higher quality. And they could charge more. Yeah. But now, with, see, now Maybe. with hybrid and online courses, that's changed quite a bit. So... Um, uh, right. Yeah. So the, the problem you get is democrat- democratization of education. Everybody has a right to education. Yes. Um, but well, the, at the, at, there's a lot of great inflation at Biola. There's well, yeah, a well, lot. There's a lot everywhere. Yeah. And Stanford had a huge um, scandal back in the 90s, uh, I think it was, where basically students felt like my parents or I'm paying a lot of money to come here. These are undergraduates now. Um, and so I, I shouldn't get below a B. And there were very few grades below B's in, in undergrad courses at Stanford. And it came out finally, the trustees found out. And so they really revamped everything. Now you can get a C pretty easily at Stanford. Um, you know, it just sort of creep up. I and, hope so. And, and, and it's, it's a, um, it's a, it's a um, result of, of, of uh, entitlement. Yeah. So you, did you start, but you're, when I was talking about the eighties, you're saying it shifted. And well, I, what I got is what I got is that there was more students. And so you said the more students, the more possibility of poor students. That makes sense. That's right. But, yeah. but what about the, does that give us the entitlement push? It started to, it was there okay. a little bit. I mean, I had a student in my class who was going to get a C in Mark principles of marketing and he just devastated. I, you know, my, my dad's the VP of marketing at Motorola here in, in, in the greater Phoenix area. He goes, and I, you know, I said, well, you know, you're just not applying yourself. I mean, it's just not, it's not, it's just not that important to you. And he goes, no, yeah, no, it is. I said, well, if it is, then, <laughs> you know, then why aren't you putting more time into it? Yeah. Because he was actually working part time for a. Um, right, right, uh, right, right. And, um, <clears throat> and so he said, well, you know, all the numbers and stuff, and the, you know, I, I just don't recall those things. Well, he worked for a stereo manufacturer for auto, auto stereo, and he traveled, hit an area between Phoenix and Tucson. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, I'm thinking of getting a radio for my Opal Cadet Manta. I mean, and uh, I was thinking about this. Well, he started giving me all these specs, numbers and frequencies. And, and I said, well, you know, and I did this on purpose. I said, well, you know, um, you see, you know, a lot of numbers there. I said, so it's because it's important to you. And uh Marketing's and marketing's just not. That is very said, good. That's a very good way to handle that. That's great. And he, uh, I, and I said, you know, um, getting a C is not a big deal. I mean, you know. And he goes, so "What did your dad say?" He goes, "It's not a big deal." I said, "Yeah." I said, "And in three years from now, you'll be making more money than I am." And sure enough, he, he stayed in touch a little bit. And sure enough, he got a job, the car, and and doing the same thing with another company, and he was making. Fifty something thousand dollars a year. My first teaching job was what, was, what, what, what year was that? Um, his, that year for him was be 85, I think, 84, 85. That was a lot of money in 85. That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
your first teaching job you were saying was 38.7. What year was that? Uh, 87. 87. And there's why, a why do you, why do you, hold on. Why do you say that's your first teaching job? If you were teaching, oh, that's, my first time, that's my first full-time teaching job. Oh, your first full-time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I left a, ASU ABD. Um, the, the, the tax laws had changed <clears throat> and I, I wasn't thinking very clearly at the time, but it was good. I did it anyway, but, um, the tax laws changed such that before that time, up until 1988, 1988, um, my uh, tuition waiver, uh, excuse me, my, my teaching assistant uh, stipend, if you will, was tax exempt because it was required as part of the program. So if, you had, if your job was required as part of your graduate program, it was tax exempt. Well, there was a huge tax overhaul in 1988, 87, and it took effect in 88. Um, the sales tax is no longer um, uh, deductible. Your automobile sales tax is no longer deductible. Um, they almost took away the housing housing interest payments. That, that, that They talk about that all the time now, but yeah. it's, still, it's still there. Yeah. Um, and so the teaching assistantship stipends became taxable. And uh, I thought, well, if I'm going to get taxed my stipend, I might as well get a job. And um, uh, but I didn't realize my stipend was so low, it wouldn't have been taxable. But yeah, I was going to say you didn't figure that out until later. No, I didn't. I didn't think that out through very well. Um, but when I went out for my first job, there were about six jobs per candidate in marketing. Um, and so basically at that time, people had sort of picked a region of the country they wanted to live in. And that's where they interviewed. Um, and uh, I had job offers before I left campuses, actually, which I guess I didn't know it was unusual, but it was unusual. Uh, I'd come back and um, my chair would ask me how things, I said it went really well. And he'd go, how do you think it went well? I said, well, they offered me a job. He goes, they what? I said, they offered me a job. He said, wow. So um, anyway, you're muted, I think. You left uh, ASU in 1987. Thank you. Um, you left ASU in 1987. You, yes. you got, you were, got this job, 38, seven K full-time teaching. Do you mm-hmm. want to say where it was? Oh, I was at Cal state Fullerton, Cal state Fullerton. And that's in the city of Fullerton, Fullerton. That would make sense. And it's in the state of California, California. California. That would, that would make sense too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, now, I, and you know what? I, now I finally understand why they call it that. That, that makes sense. Let me make a note to myself. That's, that's why they call it that. All right. I have my silly sense of humor here. Um, so you got a full-time teaching job at CSU Fullerton. That was back when William. Yeah, CSU Fullerton, right. William Dannenmeyer was the congressman, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was 1987. Um then Duke Mejian was governor, yes. I think. He's governor, um, he was, yes. And uh, Wilson was senator, I think. Was he still in the Senate? I think. He got elected senator from, he was mayor of San Diego. Uh-huh. And he got elected senator um, from that. <clears throat> so that I think he was a senator at that time. U.S. senator? Yes, and then he became governor of California after that. That's right, in the early 90s. He was the last Republican governor in California, I believe. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's your, that's your opinion of Schwarzenegger, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, he was more <laughs> of a rhino. He, more of a rhino. He was he was he, a mix. He was you he know, sounds like a rhino. Yeah. Well, now I have to, now I have to I do mention though that um the cow states have become unionized just before I I, I 87. And oh, uh, the next okay. two years I got significant pay raises, uh, okay. like ten percent, eight percent. Uh, back after my um, first year there, uh, I had a back order pay increase in 1988 was of ten percent, which went back to my initial 87. So I got a big dump there, and then mm-hmm. another jump. And so um, after two or three years, my salary increased like twenty five percent. So it, it had jumped, uh, you know, uh, almost $50,000. Could still... one, yeah, back in 1987, could one have bought a house on that salary? Not in Southern California, Orange County? no. Okay. No, yeah. like, like, like down here um, in 1987, 88, um, housing and prices increased 25%. And the following year, they increased 20%. There were waiting lines for people to, to sign up to get a house. Uh, so in other words, get your house in 1986. Don't yeah. get it in 1987. Right. Wow. People are camping out two or three days ahead of time at the uh, sales offices for developments to uh, get on a sign-up list for the house. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. And I, what, I, what, I, what accounts for that? What, what, I mean, it well, seems like the aerospace defense industry was booming at that time not for much longer because the cold war was going to wrap down which no one knew about at that time we all hoped it would but (laughs) yeah but what what accounts for the uh, is it just just everything was being developed in orange county just supply and demand i mean there's so many people down here and and there's so many jobs weather you think it's the weather uh, well yeah i mean it's you know i mean um Southern California is, is a great, well, like Southern California being uh, Santa Barbara to San Diego, basically. Well, actually, I guess not really Santa Barbara. Ventura. That's still, that's still Central Coast. Um, uh, Ventura County counts as Southern California, I think, almost. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah but so, anyway, but yes, uh, you're right. You're right. So, Ventura County, Santa Barbara is in its own. I don't county. think of Simi Valley as, as Central California. No, 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 it's not. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the Southern California starts in Bakersfield, uh, and goes to Stockton, that's where Southern California is. Um, going, going you count Bakersfield as Southern California? No, oh, okay, no, it's Central Valley, Central Valley. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, the great, the, the um, the mountain range that goes to the, the, the where the um, uh, grapevine is where Highway 5 goes through, um, mm-hmm. that, that, that little hilly range there. Uh, it is, is the border. Um, ah, so Kern County basically, um, gotcha. Ends so, about three miles. No, it ends about. So on the coast, central California is starting central at Santa, coast. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Well, that, or central, San Luis Obispo. Coast. Yeah. But you so, don't consider Ventura County, the central coast is what I'm trying to get. No, at. no, no, no. Santa Barbara is the end of the central coast. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, All the way to Central Coast to go from um, Santa Barbara to Monterey. Uh, oh yeah. A little further up, but then, then you have the Bay Area. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bay Area. All righty. Well, interesting. Um, but just a housing how long shortage. Were, 
how long were you at CSU Fullerton? Four years. And oh, were you so you left ASU ABD? Mm-hmm. Your your Tom Buckles MBA at this point. Well, actually, but MBA ABD. ABD. Yeah, ABD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get our letters right here. That's right. That's um, right. and you're teaching full time. You what's a full load at CSU at that time? Yeah, four classes a semester. Four four. Anything yes. in the summer? Mm-hmm. Also, yes. Four four four. No, 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 four, no, 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 Oh, I'm sorry. In the summertime, no, I went back to Arizona State to work on my dissertation. Oh, so you were the first gotcha. two years. I got you. The, okay, so the first summers, two summers I went back, and I, I, I um, uh, you had to I go. Said, you had to physically relocate to a desert in the summer to work on your dissertation. Well, I didn't have to, but I did, because okay. basically, the sort of the, when you're ABD, there's a saying: "This is out of sight, out of mind." So if you're not around, the professors yeah. don't really pay a lot of attention to you. They, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. And this is before there, email. This is yeah, before so, email. So you're writing letters or something or making yeah. phone calls. We had email then. We had email. Oh, you then. did? Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, hold yeah. on. You had email in 1987? Um, no. We had intramail uh, email. Um, no, you're mailing things back and forth. Yeah, you're using the post office. Um, and then, um, so what was your living arrangement? Were you renting an apartment in C- CSU Fullerton? Yeah, we had we, had, we were renting a, um, a condo in Diamond Bar. Okay, so you paid rent a- in two places over the summer? No, um, but we paid rent in the summertime, um, in, in, in Diamond Bar. But in um, in Arizona, I introduced house sitting for a lot of professors who went away. Oh um, wow! So uh, you know they go for a week or two. It, it's it's kind of hot in the summertime in Arizona and Phoenix. Um, kind of 110, 115. You know. Yeah. Um, and, well, global uh, warming. It's because yeah. of global warming. Yeah. Uh, before the invention of the car, it was actually really cold in the summer <laughs> in Arizona, and it had been that way since the Big Bang. The Big yeah, Bang right. happened, and it was freezing in the summer. Then Henry, Henry Ford screwed it all up, and then um, we found oil. You know, <laughs> the Clampets found oil. That's right. They're Beverly Hillbillies, and next thing you know, uh, it's really hot. It's so yeah. hot. <laughs> well, I'm glad you get that joke at least. So I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm wrapping my mind around what kind of classes did you teach? The four four load. I taught principles of marketing and marketing research. Same classes. Yeah. Man, you must have had these classes dialed in. Holy I cow. did. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, That's uh, cool. They have that. They have that. It hasn't been that way for a while, but yeah. The but there, there was an issue, though. You mentioned about you're basically house hopping throughout the summer because you're waiting for each professor. How do you know? Was there ever a uh, time when? No professor's house was open because they're all there for a couple of days. And what did you do during um, those days? Yeah, Sleep we had friends them. who, you know, there. And so, um, wow. but most seems, of it was that sounds set, stressful to me. Most of it was set up uh, ahead oh, of time. Oh, okay. Ahead of time. Um, but I felt like the uh, Grapes of Wrath, our car was packed full of stuff. <laughs> I mean, because you had to pack your computer. And then, no one you know, knows that reference anymore. All the kids yeah. don't, they don't read. Unless yeah. it's on an Instagram story, then they don't know it. That, that's right. Yeah. Um, you, you had to pick a computer. 
had to pack a printer. Uh, you know, there's no oh laptop. My gosh. There were no laptop computers there. Um, you know, the only thing they had laptops, if you remember the compacts, they, were, they would call them luggables, uh, with like 60 pounds, they had a <laughs> nine inch screen. Um, and, uh, oh my gosh. So, but I, I didn't have one of those. I had a desktop and, um, which is uh, sm probably smaller. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So, so it, it was a lot of moving, a lot of stuff moving back and forth. Uh, and then we had some friends and we had a, a couple of days, two or three or four days or whatever. Then we would stay with them. Uh, it wasn't a problem. Um, they didn't have, they didn't have children yet. So um, there was room. So you taught full-time at Cal state Northridge four, four load. No, Fullerton. F sorry. F Fullerton. <laughs> um, and you're doing a four, four load and mm -hmm. you're not working on your dissertation during the year. You're just, well, I, yeah, I am. You I, did? I, I am doing that too. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you're working tinkering on your dissertation and then mainly really getting it in, getting in there in the summer, mm -hmm. uh, with your grapes of wrath, uh, rickety, you know, dust bowl mm -hmm. station wagon or whatever you have. And you're going back to the Arizona. You're going the wrong way. You're going back East and into the desert. Did you have air conditioning in your car? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's good. You had AC. Um, did the places you were staying have AC? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and Maybe leave at four o'clock in the morning. Real. Um, so then that would mean you got there at 10 or 10 30. When it's about a four and a half, five hour drive. It's about a five hour drive. Yeah. So, well, five, yeah. Mm -hmm. We'd stop once. Like it. we used to stop in, um, uh, I can't hear the town that's down there. Um, Blythe? On the 10th. Yeah, Blythe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not Blythe. Um, anyway, but yeah. So, I mean, it's stopping in Quartz. Palm side. Springs, Palm Desert. No, no, no. It's for Palm Desert. Yeah, is 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 beyond. Oh, um, maybe it was Blythe. Um, it would have been Blythe. Beyond Indio. Beyond Indio. Yeah, Blythe is the last city in California on okay. that side. Needles. If you go that if you're going up closer to that lake, Lake Avasu, then Needles would be the last town. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So it that's was if you're Blythe. going on the forty. I believe. I can't remember what. Yeah. Anyway, so you're. <clears throat> how much are you actually working on your dissertation during the summer? Be honest, full time. be honest. Oh, no, full time. So you're getting up at what time to get to work on this? Oh, I don't know. Are seven, you, eight o'clock in the morning. And, and you're working till dinner yeah, time. No, on can it? I go to the library yeah. at ASU if I had to, or if I would just work there and my professors. Um, cool. At that time, see, um, I, I got lucky in on the one hand. Um, when I initially started my dissertation, I had five committee members, a oh, chair and four oh members. Gosh, that's a lot um, of people to please. Yes, it is. And then that got changed uh, to only, you only needed three professors. Right. And so that made life a lot easier. Um, Weed and, out the communists. Yeah. <laughs> well, one person, she, um, uh, she left, she got a promotion. She took a job at another school Okay. Got, got a really good um, offer on the East Coast. And so she sort of faded out. Mm. Um, and then um, I figured what happened to the other person. But anyway, I ended up having three people left on my committee. Did um, you did you originally chose five 
what was the reasoning behind that? Did you think you needed five? No, or? I had to have five. It, that, that oh, okay. I gotcha. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Then they changed okay. it to three. All right. So you, uh, you graduated and you write your dissertation. Any memories stick out of about that process for you? Uh, any well, specific is, uh, story that you want to tell? <laughs> well, the, the one is just, I, I had to change my data sites from Arizona to California, Southern California. And that, that was that, like I said, I lost 18, well, actually almost two years um, doing that. Jeez. And, and that, that, so that, that was one of my nightmares. Um, and uh, I had to get a, had, I don't know about other schools, but I had five years to complete a dissertation and I had to apply for an extension um, to finish it. And uh, I was told it was really hard to get an extension, um, et cetera. So I applied. And I said I needed three more months. My data was collected. I just need to finish writing it up. And I'd finish it in the summertime. And um, that's summer of 91. And uh, uh, wow. so I did. And, and it turns out I got a, uh, <laughs> I applied for a three-month or four-month extension. They gave me two years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. but I did not tell my chairman that I just told him I got approved for the yeah. extension okay. because I knew if I told him I got it for two years he'd extend it out for at least two or three more months yeah because he, he had told me that if I had met my deadlines in the summertime that he he he, he turned it back around in a week or less okay. um and I met all my I met or exceeded my deadlines and um that's good and uh when he found out that it was he finally pressed me goes well how much time did they give you for it and uh, I said, uh, well, they give me a lot of time. He goes, well, how much time specifically? I said, um, two years, long pause on his end, you know, like, wow, you know. So I, instead of uh, graduating in August of um, 1991, I graduated in December of 1991. He pushed it out three more months. Hmm. Matter of fact, I, I defended my dissertation of December 13th, Friday, uh, to 1991. So. Wow. Well, congratulations on finishing your dissertation. I know it's a little late, but I, I'd like to wish you congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 1991, you finished. Um, that must have been a relief to finish you know, that huge you know process. Campus, Holy cow. You started in 1980. Yeah. It's now 1991. Yeah. You started during the Carter administration. Well, no, I started, Mr. Reagan became president. Well, he became president in 1981, as you recall, January 20th, yeah. Yeah. 1981. So Carter was president in 1980. Right. Now I know that this, you know, is a painful memory, <laughs> but then George Bush senior is president when you're finishing. That's right. And the cold war is wrapping up. Holy cow. That is a quite a different change. Nobody's wearing bell bottoms anymore. <laughs> um, John Denver is still around. We can't do anything about that. But um, actually, I like listening to John Denver. He's got a great voice. And now, were you still at Cal State Fullerton at this time? Yes. What happened? Okay. Well, what happened there is that um, um, my my. My fourth year was my last contract. They did not renew my contract my fifth year mm. um, because their concern, it, their concern was that would I be able to finish my, would I be able to uh, get tenure um, 
in two years because you have in one year actually um so they hired you tenure track yeah and and they may actually they end up making a policy change Mm. um at that point where uh because they were hiring a number of people abd um okay so then you're so busy working on your dissertation you don't have time to make that get that book that they want from you well actually in our case articles Books aren't that big of a deal. It's more of the articles, a bigger deal. Um, and, uh, and it turns out I probably could have, but um, they wanted, if I moved at that point, their rationale, and it was a good rationale. They were very nervous about it because I, I was well-liked and, and uh, students liked me a lot. Um, I was doing very well, but um, uh, their rationale was if I, if I did not, get my contract renewed and went to a new school as an assistant professor, then I have my tenure clock would start over again. And that yeah. would give me a better chance of getting tenure. And so that was the rationale. Um, oh, okay. And, Cause you have six years at a, at, to get tenure at most universities. Um, if you come in as an assistant professor, if I'd come in as a lecturer, like even a senior lecturer, which um, wouldn't have been that much less actually, but um then I would my tenure clock would not would not have started yet until I became an assistant professor, um, and so they, they they made a policy change at Cal State Sacramento at that point, um, in the business school at least, where you came in as as a um, uh, now what, how come you're talking about Sacramento? You you were talking about I'm Fuller, sorry Fullerton. Fullerton. I'm saying Fullerton. Okay. All right, Fullerton. Um, you came in as a if you came in ABD, you did not get a assistant professorship. You came in as as a uh, senior lecturer or something like that. And then right, okay. when you, um, uh, and the, the, the carrot was that if you finish your dissertation within a year or two, whatever it was, uh, then you'd get back pay as just a professor um, to uh, that for that year. Um, uh, so, wow. if you, so if you started in 91 and uh, or 87, like I did, age 788 and i finished my dissertation and say um summer of 88 or, or or fall of 91 then i would get back pay for a year uh for the new my new salary um and that, that was a carrot to get people to finish up um and uh, but yeah so i went from there to chapman university uh, chapman all right chapman is not too far away from no and you started there in 1992? 91. Fall of 91. Fall 91. How long were you there? I was there um, seven years. Seven years. Did you get tenure? No, I was unexpected, unexpected, unexpectedly denied tenure. Unexpectedly denied tenure. Yeah. Now, have the lawsuits already finished? You can talk about it. Um, I, I didn't sue. Um, as a matter of fact, just as a side note, at Cal State Fullerton, in the business school at least, <clears throat> to get tenure, you had to sue. A lot of people were not getting tenure who should have gotten tenure, and um, they were suing, um, and they get tenure. So that, that was a joke. Um, but at Chapman, I, I, I didn't. I was pretty naive, I guess, about it, but I, I didn't sue. Uh, generally speaking, in those situations, uh, you don't usually win. Uh, at Fullerton, they did because it was the arbitration, and they pulled in a, uh, a provost from someplace, and that person became the arbitrator, and um, et cetera. But um, uh, 
No, at, at um, doesn't Chapman. work that way anymore. I mean, it's very difficult to get tenure now at Cal State. I mean, it's very mm-hmm. difficult to, first of all, they won't hire you tenure track. I mean, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Well, yeah. They'll hire you as an lecturer. Yeah. Anyway, so you got, what kind of courses did you teach? What, what was your load at Chapman? Um, four and four, sometimes three. Um, four, four. But maybe four and four. And what, two what courses time. were you? Oh, four, four, two. I initially taught marketing principles and marketing research. I noticed uh, that keeps coming up principles of marketing. And then, um, but that's switched. I, I was um, moved. I moved also into um, um, MBA courses and okay. um, became involved in the executive MBA program as well. And nope. um, uh, okay. so then I moved into, I, I taught the capstone class, MBA capstone class. I taught the MBA marketing strategy class. Um, I taught some special courses I, I developed. Um, like now you, yeah. So between Chapman and Fullerton, Cal State Fullerton, that's 11 years on the tenure track and you didn't get, Tenure. You didn't get tenure. No, no. Wow. What happened after Chapman? Um, well, it was the interesting thing is, is that um, I was denied tenure. I, I, I filed a grievance, so I've been called at, at the university level and it didn't get approved. Um, and what, uh, what reason did they give you for not for denying your tenure? Um, I, I was really honest in my, on my, uh, uh, my, the file I submitted. So I submitted all my evaluations, including the written evaluations and uh, the written comments, student written comments. And um, you, wait, I, you I, were, you were honest. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. What, what were you honest about? I was transparent basically. Uh, well, I included all my teaching evaluations in terms of uh, the written comments that students uh, uh, included. Uh, and suppose only picking the cherry, cherry picking them. I included them all. I didn't think about it. Um, <laughs> no, no had, one coached you to cherry pick the data. No, 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 no. To make it look like you are just the most fantastic. That's right. Professor ever. Yeah. Better than sliced bread. So you, um, you included all the data in other words. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you're, you were taught to do in graduate school. Right, right, right. Interesting. So for doing what you were taught to do in graduate school, you were denied tenure. Yeah, the, um, basically, um, I taught two sections of marketing research, and they wanted to know why would I have a five-point scale, why would one class rate me at 4.3 and another class rate me at 3.9? And I said, well, it's using a T-test, it's not that significant. Uh, it's not a significant difference. Um, and... Uh, but the um uh it's it's amazing that they're they're wondering about that to me that's that's an interesting thing so so it wasn't your scholarship it was your teaching no 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 i was publishing actually okay so you were published yeah okay you published enough you were Mm pretty did they say that you published enough Mm -hmm. they actually said that yeah okay it was my teaching so that and uh, you, basically, I, I didn't I didn't know at the time the associate dean who I actually knew from before going to Chapman, um, we got hired at the same time. Um, <clears throat> she had a certain picture in her head about who should be tenured, I guess, um, and uh, I didn't meet that picture. Um, and a person behind me didn't meet that picture either. He left actually um, before she could uh, fire him. Um, but uh, as it turns out. When uh, I did not receive tenure, 
the faculty were angry because the business school faculty, uh, the model had changed. Uh, before it was the whole school voted of the faculty. Then they changed it about two years prior, two or three years prior, where only your academic unit voted for tenure for you. So in this case, only the business school, because they said the business school people or the nursing people or the geology, they will know what your what scholarship is. They know who the journals are, et cetera. So right, right, right. They, they should do that. I said, great. So anyway, I was the only, that was a third professor of the previous of the 10 at, at that time who had been recommended for tenure uh, by the faculty. Uh, so it wasn't, you know, like everybody's being recommended. I was only the third person to be recommended for tenure um, over that period of time, five, six year, six year period. Um, and uh, yeah. by, by the faculty and um, the dean's, the, the associate dean said no. And so the dean said no. And so the provost said no. And so the president said no, because they got to support their, uh, you know, their, their leadership, which in reality. So your, your academic department mm -hmm. supported you for tenure yes and the associate dean looked at your student evaluations and right. saw a problem right is that how that you would say so what was the problem with your student evaluations well at that time marketing research required every single business student except for accounting so if you're a management major hr major it doesn't matter what your major was you were required to take marketing research. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of ridiculous. So I, I, I tried to get that changed and I did get it changed. Um, so people are taking the class that don't want to be in there is what you're right. saying. Okay. Right. And so reading they, between the lines. So they also, it idea. also gives you a job though, because yeah. it ensures no, yeah. people take the class, but okay. Yeah. So people are in there that don't want to be in there. So they have a negative disposition already. Um, and uh, uh, so that, that, that was a big deal. And uh, she just made it a big deal. Um, was there was there pressure to inflate grades? I, I didn't feel any pressure to inflate grades. Uh, not not at I, that time. I, I have found that um, if people don't think you're a good professor, it doesn't matter if you give them an A or, or a C, they're gonna you know, they're gonna rip you no matter what. So, all right. So this is what year? Nineteen ninety eight. Well, I was denied tenure in nineteen ninety seven. In fall of 1997. Oh, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. You're there for seven spring years. Of spring, of, spring of 98, I was denied tenure. Okay. And so when I was denied tenure, uh, the faculty weren't happy. They wanted me to uh, appeal. So I, I appealed, a lot of effort, a lot of work, and mm -hmm. it was really for naught. And I was yeah. the first person the president of the university did not meet with when it denied tenure. Um, and, and, and you're convinced it was about your student evaluations. Oh yeah, no, it was, it, 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 that was pointed out repeatedly. What was, can you, can you speci specify something specific in these evaluations that were the problem for him? Too much work. These? It was a, her as a, she actually, um, uh, too much. Your, well, it, was, it required a lot of class work. was too much work. Yeah. We did projects for companies. I did projects for Disney, um, uh, large large shopping mall developers. Um, okay, uh, you know, you know. I guess I should clarify when I mention grade inflation. I mean, what I mean is, uh, 
a comprehensive view of that. I, I don't mean just you, the grade they get is too high. I mean, comprehensively what you're asking of the student for what they get. That's so you're saying you're giving too much work and yeah. they're, they're, they're saying that you're not saying that. Right. And uh, from your perspective, you're thinking, well, this is pretty standard from what I've been mm -hmm. teaching the whole time. Is that mm -hmm. fair to say? Right. Okay. So there was a shift in the student expectation. Well, I, the, I think the, let me rephrase a little bit, uh, reposition this a little bit. Um, the, the, the difficulty was that why was one class good and the other class not? Yeah. What, why did I have a 4.3 or 4.5? What were the class? different meeting times of the classes? Oh, was yeah, one morning, on the weekend? Was one on no, the no, weekend? No, 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 it was during the week, but it was morning or afternoon. Morning okay. students, I got better evaluations than afternoon students. Um, <laughs> and um, interesting, but like, but like I said, each semester, you know, it wasn't that big of the differences weren't that large, right? Um, but you know, any as they say, any reason's a good one if you need one. Uh, and uh, <laughs> any reason's a good one if you need one. That's good. That's um, an so, interesting quote. Any reason is a good one. Yeah if you need one and she just um um so you're you're confident that any it was this fits that any reason yeah. is a good one yeah. if you need one yeah because the, the 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 irony is is that um so i, I was nine tenure in march the, the pl in march and three weeks later i had an offer from university of san diego to teach there in the fall um and uh, now as you know did you um, take that offer yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 How long were you at USD? Uh, three years. Three I, had, years. I had a busy okay. professorship there. Wow. And, and um, uh, that's cool that you got a job right away. Well, yes. And that's what made the faculty really angry because even more angry because they said, look, we can't give this guy tenure. And he gets a job before even the semester ends from a school far better than ours. Oh, USD is better than University. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Much. I did, I missed that part. So this is a better school. Yeah. I don't know these distinctions. Sure. In what way is San Diego better than Chapman? Well, first of all, it was created by AACSB, which is the only 5% roughly of all business schools are had that accreditation. Okay. So Chapman was teaching. lagging behind. Yeah. Well, they, they were, they, they were trying to get it. It took them seven years to get AACSB accreditation seven, eight years. Was this really stressful for you? I haven't asked about your emotions. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, it was very stressful. How did you deal with the stress? Did you chew tobacco? Did exercise. you go on uh, run? Exercise. Okay. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, prayer prayer. Yeah. You're a Muslim. You're a Muslim. What, 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 what <laughs> no, faith are no, you? Christ as, as a Christian? No. Oh, when did you convert to Christianity? from islam <laughs> uh, oh i guess been, i'm making some assumptions sorry I, yeah, i'll let you tell your story muslim. you've never, never been, been a muslim. muslim okay hold on let me write yeah. that down i have that yeah. in my notes never been a muslim yeah yeah all right so you you spirituality we brought now we're just now broaching this you did you were you raised a christian yes well um i was raised catholic okay and so uh, meaning that my parents are Catholic and I went to Catholic parochial school for uh, eight years, first grade through eighth. 
Raised Catholic. And I wanted to become a priest. No uh, kidding, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jesuit. Wow. And uh, um, I wanted to go to minor seminary, which is what they call high school. Um, uh-huh. And uh, in Fresno. And my, my dad said, no. You know, actually, both my mom and dad. My dad's Irish. My mom is Italian. And culturally, the firstborn becomes either a priest or a nun. If it's, if it's a girl, the nun. And if wow, it's a that's boy, going it's a way back. Yeah, yeah, geez, that's that's and old so school right there. So I thought it was rather interesting. You're saying Buckles is not a an Italian name? No, it's an Irish. My dad. Okay, Irish. let me make that. Buckles yeah. is not Italian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. The um um. And my dad said, my, I'm both my mom and dad said, my, our only, uh, my only son's not going to become a priest. <laughs> and I thought, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. So I guess if we had five or six kids, it might have been okay, but um, mm. uh, th- two or three boys as well, and a couple of girls. But um, in any event, uh, I did not go to minor seminary. I went to public high school. And uh, I did not like public high school initially. I, I, I got okay. But um, what anyway. high school did you go to? Excuse me. What high school did you go to? Porterville High School. Makes sense. And are you still Catholic, or are you? Did you change? No, right now Anglican. Anglican. When yeah. when did that change? That's a good question. Um, Whoa. Two thousand and um, oh. So you were all these years you were at Chapman and all these at USD, you were still. No, no, no. USD. You know, US, USD. Yeah. yeah. USD. Let's make sure we get that right. Yeah. USD, like US dollar, um, University of San Diego, all these years you were Catholic. Um. I probably consider myself Catholic, but uh, if somebody asked me, but no, I wasn't. Um, when um, hmm. we moved to Arizona, uh, we went to the Newman Center a few times, and it was pretty conservative. Uh, I'd never, I saw some things I'd never seen before in a Catholic <laughs> church. Um, oh, the priest okay. was from Malta, as it turns out, and and oh. so we got involved in a um, in an EV free church in Tempe. Uh, actually, no, the first two years we were part of a house church um wow that, that was that was that, very good and that was that very, doesn't sound very catholic to me no yeah and it, basically mennonites with mennonites um this so is was, this is uh what year uh 82 82 okay so you were raised 19, catholic 19, yeah for two years roughly, roughly 1980 to 1982 and, and then that, next thing you know you sneeze and you're in a mennonite church in a no, home, no, we were in, in a, a church. It, it was a, in a house home. church. In a yeah. home, yeah. A home. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it's. A, they didn't call it a church. No, they no, called it, it a home. It, it's a. Um, it's a long story, so it's not really okay. Worth it, right. But, but uh, okay, all right. But it it, it dissolved naturally. Uh, gotcha. Basically, um, and then um, uh, we went to E.B. Free Church in Tempe, uh, which was not a very. Um, we we went church shopping, but um, we ended up there. And that was not a very pleasant experience. After that, about the first year, um, started to realize this is not a great place. And I, I left about eighteen months into it, and Susan left after about a few few months later. Um, and who's Susan? I, hmm? Who's Susan? My wife. My wife, Susan. Oh, okay. First time you've mentioned her. Okay, Susan. Now, 
you were raised Catholic. What, how is it that you went to this church all of a sudden? Why weren't you just going to a Catholic church? Was it because uh, you we were turned off? Church, actually. Well, we you lived were turned Mesa. off by the conservative thing that no, you saw? We lived, when we lived in Mesa, uh, Mesa it, it is, uh, at that time, was the second largest Mormon population in the country. Uh, Salt Lake City was number one, and it had a temple in Mesa. And mm-hmm. basically, the Catholics and the, and, and the, and the, and the uh, Mormons ran temp- Mesa. Uh, so it was a very nice place to live. No low crime, you know. I mean, the there weren't any. The there weren't any crime. religious wars. Uh, people shooting at each other from the Mormons no, versus. No, no, no. They were on horses and they had horses and and and, spe- and, and lances. So there was a um, piece of Westphalia in Mesa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, it sounds idyllic because they're probably low crime and yeah. lots of family values, lots right. of people. And so that we went to a, trust, there was, there was other a Catholic people. church around the corner from us about three blocks away. And it was actually really great. They had a youth service on Friday night, Saturday nights. And so we went to that. And so we maintained that and we went to, um, uh, we went to different churches, Catholic churches along the way to figure out things, but just to find anything we liked. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. we'd heard good things about EV free church. So we went there and uh, it was pretty penitential. Uh, every week was like, are you sure you're a Christian kind of a thing? And Ooh. got kind of tired of that. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, so I, the uh, Arizona State has a chapel on campus. Um, wow. I did not and, know that. Hold yeah. on. Hold up. Yeah. ASU it, has a chapel. Yeah. It's, Do it's, they still have a chapel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Ooh, I got to check it, this out. It's, it's, it's Danforth Chapel. Um, the Danforth family, remember Senator Danforth, Indiana. Um, he's a, actually a Missouri. Priest. You mean in Missouri, right? Uh, I think it was Indiana. Senator Danforth. Danforth yeah. He was attorney general. No, no. He, he was a Senator U S Senator. If, if we're thinking of the same person, was he a Republican? Yes. Okay. I think he was from Missouri, actually, and he became attorney general. I think. No, he was a senator. You know, oh, okay. Right. I know he's a senator. Well, no, I mean, he was a senator. He was a senator from Missouri. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm almost certain. Okay. I'll, um, I'll check this out here just real quick. Um, yeah, let's, let's figure this out. Let's get this, let's get this uh, settled right here. Senator Danforth, unless there's more than one. John Danforth, you mean? Mm-hmm. I think it was John. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Senator from Missouri. Yeah. Is that what it says? Yeah, he was the Attorney General of Missouri. I guess he was Attorney General first, and then he served as a senator. Okay. Sorry, I got those two yeah, mixed up. Right. I was right, right about the offices, but I, I got the order right. wrong. Anyway. Um, well, anyway, you know, I'm you... kind of a dork in terms of politics, you know. Sure, sure. I'm, no, you I'm know, sorry. it's my area. So. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I know about Danforth specifically is, if you're interested, is there's a man on the U.S. Supreme Court named Clarence Thomas. Mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas got his start because of Senator Danforth. He worked oh. for Senator Danforth. 
he worked in the attorney general's office for Senator Danforth. That was his first job out of Yale Law School. Mm-hmm. That was not government. He had a he had a, he worked in private business for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then when Senator Danforth became Senator Danforth, uh, Danforth was his primary advocate in the Senate for his confirmation uh, to he, he was confirmed three times by the Senate, uh, one for e, um, chairman of the EEOC under Reagan, mm. then uh, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and then mm. finally U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Danforth yeah. was the guy that was sitting yeah. behind him during the Anita Hill stuff. And, I didn't know that yeah. at all. Um, but I believe John Danforth was an Episcopal priest as well. Yeah. I, and, I heard um, that too. Yeah. So he was a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, his family uh, owned Ralston Perina. And there's a huge uh, foundation and uh, m- a lot of money there. They sold it. They don't own it any longer. But uh, that time they had uh, one of their foundations they had would build a chapel on any campus that wanted one. Oh, wow. And so Arizona State got a chapel. Is it pretty? Is it pretty? Yeah, it's very nice. Very, yeah, very nice. It's on the main walk. And uh, oh, we'd go by, cool. Susan and I, my wife, we'd walk by there on certain nights of the week to the library. And um, we'd hear the singing going on inside. And we'd go, wow, that's kind of nice. And um, uh, turns out the Episcopal Church from down the street um, was having their uh, service there once or twice a week. I forget what it was. And so we started going there. And the Episcopal Church was down the street was sort of the college church. Um, and so we started going to Episcopal Church uh, at that point uh, after E.B. Free, Tempe. And then um, uh, they started, a, we, they started a, a new Episcopal Church out in um, South Phoenix. Uh, and so we helped start that. And so that was, that was the first part of our church planting experience was putting that church. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it was the only Episcopal Church in Arizona that broke away, that did not stay with the Episcopal Church. They went with, uh, um, Anglican. Now they're with ACNA. Yeah, they're with ACNA, uh, the Anglican Church of North America. Gotcha. Oh, and, cool. Um, um, so uh, I think that's... that's so that's how you made the move over there. And so yeah. we went to there, and we were there for a few years, and then we moved to Southern California. Um, a good friend of ours, his brother was the priest at... Uh, uh, Emmanuel Episcopal Church. And so we visited Emmanuel a few times when we come back and forth um, to see family and um, um, in the Central Valley. And we really liked it a lot. And so we never actually went shopping. We just went there and really enjoyed that until the early 2000s, uh, which is when they started having um, a lot of the issues in the Episcopal Church, Episcopal Church about gay marriage and gay ordination and all sorts of things like that. And so about five families we left uh, we prayed about it for six months and met with the people at Emmanuel. Um, and um, uh, decided to leave. Uh, There's about 50 of us, four, five families, about 40 of us, I'm sorry, uh, total, uh, five families. And so we ended up being in a house church for about four years or so, five years. And then that, that ended. Um, and, uh, and then uh, we started going to... Um, uh, some of it, three of the families started going to um, uh, Holy Trinity Church down in Costa Mesa where uh, Todd Hunter was starting. Um, 
and um, then we moved to Fullerton when the church plant there. So we've been church planning for a long time. Uh, so you you ended up back in Fullerton. That's interesting. Now you were at a USD. How did you like your time teaching at University of San Diego? What was your I load? A lot. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got very involved in the dot com. Uh, San Diego was the sixth most wired city in the country for e-commerce. Um, and I got very involved in e-commerce down there. Um, Qualcomm. You, you mean teaching classes in yeah, e-commerce? Actually, yeah, or? actually that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started teaching MBA classes as well there. You were, you were doing consultant work? Some consulting work, but mainly, um, um, I became sort of a li liaison for the university, like school of business, really. Um, and um, uh, San Diego has a lot, has a very uh, successful supply chain management program. And uh, as you can imagine, the internet was a major uh, disruptor for supply chain. Um, and uh, so I got involved in some of that work as well. The, um, uh, and so I, I helped, I actually, um, another colleague and I, we developed the sixth uh, undergraduate graduate program in, in, in e-commerce. Uh, you get a bachelor's in e-commerce or a master's in e, uh, concentration in e-commerce. And, and you, started, you did this so, as a visiting professor. Mm -hmm, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of responsibility for a visiting professor. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't they keep you around? Why didn't they just say, well, hey, you're, visiting, you're a full yeah, professor it, now? It, it politics basically yeah um, so. meaning they're, they're well the, the they person i was Carter. there with the person i went the reason why i went there was my my research partner was there um and uh, uh he when i got there shortly after i got out got there uh arrived he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh -huh. um and he died a year later um okay. and uh so my last, my last two years, he wasn't around. And I, um, the guy that I was doing the e-commerce work with was in accounting. Um, and I wasn't really doing, uh, paying my marketing dues basically. And so the two of the senior marketing faculty decided to get rid of me. Um, and I wasn't kowtowing to them enough. Um, okay. and it wasn't including them in my articles, et cetera. Um, and, uh, so, um, um gotcha anyway so yeah so then i i was that was a major point for me i decided well you know uh, i've been praying about this whole thing about uh, christian schools for quite a long time and um, um it was a whole nother story we won't get into today but um i started praying about where to go and i, I had a couple offers i had three different offers to go um and uh i took the offer by at biola um, I took a okay. big pay, took a big pay cut, um, a forty percent pay cut to go there. Um, and, wow! Uh, yeah. Um, now this was in what year? Oh, um, two thousand and one. Okay. All two thousand and one. What was your teaching load at USD? Four four. Three three. Three three. Anything in the summer? Yes, I taught twice. I taught at least two courses in the summertime. It was very lucrative. Um, teaching one class, if you, if you had a, um, a full course, like you had more than 12 students, I think it was, then you got paid $7,500. Um, 
So if you taught um, two classes, you got paid $15,000 for two classes. Um, and so at I, that I would, time, that was a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of money now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So hmm, interesting. Did you move down to San Diego to live down? No, there? I commuted from Chino Hills. Wow. So what I would do is I would. Uh, yeah, well, I would go down and stay for two nights. I, I either had a Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday. In the fall, I had a Monday, Wednesday schedule, and in the spring, I had a Tuesday, Thursday schedule. So depending upon what was going on, I either that was locked down. in. That was locked in. That yeah. schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Every, every, yeah. And so I would either. Did drive you like down teaching there? Hmm? Did you like teaching there? Uh, initially, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was, what, it was yeah, and then yeah, I did actually. Um, overall. The marketing department was a little um, uh, schizophrenic, I guess, in a way that not schizophrenic, bipolar is probably a better way. Um, you had people who uh, felt entitled to be part of your research that shouldn't be, uh, people who weren't publishing and doing anything. Um, okay. And uh, what were the students like? Um, Started getting more entitled students there. There's a lot of really rich students there. Mm -hmm. A lot of the students have better cars than the faculty do um and uh is that the uh, first time you noticed entitlement in the students uh no i started noticing it at, at chapman a little bit um but uh more so. it, it got more so ah interesting um, did they did you feel pressure to inflate grades no i didn't inflate grades no i i, I mean well, i'm, I'm just, not asking just, if you did i'm asking did you feel pressure to no oh no no okay all right um, um so you have entitled students and then they're just upset because they don't get what they wanted. Well, they weren't, you know, um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah. I, I mean, if I, you're I, not inflating grades, then they had to be upset because that's just, that's, that's just the logical implication well, well, for the, being entitled. Yeah, the business school students were not as entitled, feel as entitled yet, as opposed to other students who came in outside, take a business law class or an econ oh. class okay. uh, or a marketing class. Right. And they would say, right. well, over here, they let's do this. Said, well, but this is the business school. This is a college of liberal arts. Yeah. Um, and this is how we do things here. Right. Um, and then same thing was at Biola, the same thing. We'd have oh. um, students who come and says, well, over in sociology or over in whatever, you know, they let's do this as well. This is the business school and we don't do that. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's amazing how the students have a hard time comprehending the the <laughs> the phenomena before them. Just just accepting that there's certain hoops they have to jump through to mm -hmm. to do the work. And yeah, well, uh, did you ever get tenure? No. Okay. No, Biola so, did, didn't require tenure. Um, Biola is a really interesting place. How long um, were you at Biola? Uh, I was there for 10 years. 10 years. That's a long time. Yeah. You, that's you 10 years. When I was there, when I was there only one Get professor it. had tenure in the business school. The dean didn't have tenure. Um, nobody had tenure but one person. One person had tenure. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Now, since, since I've left, um, um, so you taught your whole 40 years with no tenure, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mostly full-time, right? Mm -hmm. all wow. Full -time. All well, no, full-time. No, not all full-time. No, no. Cause well, so most Sac, Sac state was, I was not, I was never, I was only at, uh, nine, 90%, 90% was full-time. 
Yeah, it's well, yeah, I'd say 95 percent, maybe 80, 85 percent, 88. Okay, because you figure 1980 to no, 1978 to 1987 was, um, you know, basically two classes, or well, mm -hmm. actually, right, I right, guess, right. You said two no, classes, Sac State was full time, I thought at least four classes a semester. That's um, right. We'll go back on the notes there. Yeah. Okay, so 10, 10 years at Biola. What was your teaching load? Four four? Well, four four. Yeah. Sometimes anything five. in the summer? Um no, there really wasn't a lot of demand for summer school. Okay. So you got four four. What kind of courses? What well, I didn't ask you what you were teaching at USD. Oh, uh, actually, so. I was well, initially I taught principles of marketing and marketing research. How did I, I was gonna guess and at Biola. And then, then I moved on to e-commerce and yeah, you uh, mentioned I taught, that. And I taught um, mainly master's level students at that. Oh, okay. I, I taught research okay. methods there. I taught uh, marketing mm -hmm. strategy um, and uh, sports more. I created a sports marketing course. That's well, cool. Actually, I, I created that while I was at Chapman. Um, oh, that's cool. I created that. Yeah. As, as an elective? Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And at Biola, what were, what were you teaching? Uh, the first two years, I taught two classes because uh, I, I was hired to develop the MBA program, the executive MBA program, or FEMBA, fully employed MBA program. Um, and so I had some administrative responsibilities. And so I taught two classes, and those were um, international marketing classes. Oh, okay. And um, then um, after, after the first year, I taught and uh, started teaching MBA classes. Um, and then the second year, I'll, I only taught MBA classes and no, no undergraduates classes at all. Um, and, um, uh, wow. And there I taught, um, uh, a lot of classes. I taught, I taught this principles of marketing class. I taught the marketing strategy class, I taught the capstone class. I taught like s seven of the classes at one time and, uh, the MBA courses. I, 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 I sort of made a joke out of it. I said, it's like, you know, Masters of Buckles administration um, <laughs> because it, it took so many classes from me. Uh, and mm -hmm. I tried to get that changed and I finally did get it changed. Um, we hired some people that could teach classes um, and uh, MBA classes. So. so you were there when Clyde Cook was president? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was there when Clyde Cook became president. He retired and Barry Corey became president my last year, I believe it was. Okay. Now you said Biola is an interesting place, and you never finished the sentence there. Well, it's changing, but um, the business—you uh, did not have to, did not have to have tenure to teach there, uh, to continue to teach there. And there are actually some people who were denied tenure and still teaching there. Uh, and, and, as you, and as you know, uh, usually if you're denied tenure, you have one year to find a job someplace else, and you go. Um, but um, I don't know if that's still the case now at Biola, but when I was there. There were people, several people who had ten, who did not have tenure, who were denied tenure and still taught there full time. Um, and it probably has something to do with the fact that it's hard to hire people um, at, a, at a small faith-based school because um, the salary is so low. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, and so, um, but there was a um, um, sort of a disagreement between myself and the dean. Uh, about the direction of the MBA program. And I wanted to bring in entrepreneurship and he really wasn't 
at, at the undergrad level. And he wasn't interested in doing that. And I really wanted to move more into entrepreneurship. And um, <clears throat> so we had a party in the ways, basically. Um, and uh, um, I, I, I applied. A APU was, uh, I heard, had a, an entrepreneurial type dean. And I had a couple of friends who taught there. And um, so I, I went there. To, I replaced uh, um, the first year I was there. What, what year was this? 2011? Uh, this would have been um, 2011. Okay. And you were there for how long? APU? Nine years. Nine years. And APU is Azusa Pacific University for those Correct. of you. Okay. Okay. You were saying you, you got to APU? Oh, yeah. And basically, my goal was to start an MBA, uh, start an entrepreneurship program. Um, but I got sidetracked because the dean asked me to help develop an online MBA program. So I thought I could do both at the same time. And then they quickly realized there's no way. Um, so I developed the online MBA program, built that, and then moved from there. Um, I told her I didn't want to run it. I, I would develop it. She said, fine. So I, de I developed it and ran it for a year or two. I had a new dean come in um, and he, he said, um, you know, so how do you like things? What, what do you like? What don't you like? And what do you want to do? Don't do? I said, well, I said, um, I don't want to run the MB online MBA program. He goes, you don't. I said, no. I said, I developed it, but I didn't want to run it, but I, I've been running it and I don't really want to. He goes, well, that's easy conversation. I said, oh, because I was going to ask you for, you know, how much you want to run it. I said, no, I don't. He goes, because I want to take, I want to have somebody else. I want to mer merge it into something else. I said, fine. Um, and and, uh, and so anyway, so then ended up the entrepreneurship program as well, undergrad and graduate program. Now, Tom, what do you think when people say those who can't do teach? Um, do you think that's true? Uh, no, I don't. Is that why you taught for so long? No. Someone's listening to this and they might think, was well, this guy just can't hack it in business? What the heck is going on here? Why is he teaching so much? No, but, I, I did consulting are, and, okay. and uh, I sort of had kept my foot in both places, uh, one foot in one place, one foot in the other place. Mm -hmm. And the um, consulting side, the people there would call me the academic. <laughs> and on the academic side, people would call me the practitioner. Oh, so interesting. Uh, you know, and, but, I, but I, even though I did publish and, and, uh, uh, you know, that kind well, of what thing. did you enjoy the most is maybe what I'm asking. Oh, um, well, huh. Because, well, well, I don't know what you think. The last, I, the, well, the, la the last couple of years, I didn't enjoy a lot of anything. Um, I, I enjoyed oh. creating programs and I enjoyed, you know, building them. Uh, and I, basically I view myself as, academic entrepreneur um and uh, i could go in and build programs and then uh give them somebody else to run and then move on to something else um and uh um what, what is it about academic entrepreneurship that you like well i, I like building like i said i like building programs i, I like finding what, what is the market need in this area and um what can we okay. do to meet that need and at that time because um, you like the idea of prepared students coming out in the workforce or what is it? What's the deeper reason you like doing that? Do you feel like you're making the world a better place or yeah, do you just like, yeah, yeah. I, I, for example, the MBA, pro, the entrepreneurship program at APU um, is for, it's fairly practical. 
you know, there's academics involved for sure, but uh, it's very, it's very practical. And you feel like you're preparing the workforce with Mm -hmm. better people? Yes. Uh Oh, okay. I gotcha. I mean, Biola was one of the few MBA programs in the country at literally private or public school um, uh, that required two entrepreneurship classes at at the MBA level. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't teach them initially. Somebody else did. Uh, then Then they left. And I taught one of them and the other person taught the other one. And what I did is um, uh, they were entrepreneurship one and two. I taught the second class. Um, but when I, when I when that person left, um, I ended up teaching both classes and uh, I created them so they were sequential. So one class was led into the second class, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have, let's say uh, 80% of the students would come in not thinking that they're entrepreneurs at all. Um, and it, you know, they really, didn't really want to take the class, et cetera. And by the end of the semester, it was flipped. About 80% wanted to become entrepreneurs and they realized what entrepreneurship really was. Um, Cause a lot of people feel that entrepreneurs are high risk takers, et cetera, et cetera. Really they're not, um, they're there to minimize risk. Uh, and they won't, they don't take risk. I mean, there are always, there are some high flying entrepreneurs. I mean, um, but by and large, they're not that way. Um, and uh, um, so you're teaching them how to mitigate and control their risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes it, that's exciting to you. And that, that that's enough for you to make you happy. Yeah. Because I usually get involved. Like the, the last semester, no, no, not the last semester. Um, but we, we developed a, a, um, this business. The, uh, there was a pitch contest, which is pretty common now in a lot of schools, but um uh, a pitch contest at Biola and uh, I, at APU, sorry. Um, and it was sizable. It was about a $30,000 pot. Uh, wow. $15,000 went to the first prize, $10,000 to the second prize, wow. and $5,000 to the third prize. Wow. And uh, yeah. That's and, pretty um, significant. Yeah, it is. Anyway, and uh, I coach students. And where, did the, where did this money come from? Um. You know, I don't know. Uh, it private, <laughs> I think they raised it. Okay. Um, uh, I got involved more involved the second year, the third year. Uh, yeah. And it was it was it a loan or was it? Was no, no, it no, no, no. It, it was straight out. Um, a gift. Gift. Yeah. You, you, you great. won it. And, was, great. and they tracked you in terms of how well you were doing, et cetera. But the problem was, is that um, with the financial difficulties, APU it went through the last few years, uh, they shut that uh, program down. Um, and, okay. Um, so now you said that you enjoyed the whole thing except for the last two years, or the last couple of years of well, teaching. Well, like for example, um, the student I coached the last year of the, uh, the um, pitch contest actually won the contest, um, and the two years prior, my the two teams I had coached they actually got to the finals, the final four. Um, so um, that was exciting uh, to do that, wow. and. Uh, the entrepreneur students were pretty uh, cool overall. I, I, I enjoyed that. But by and large, I didn't enjoy teaching as much because the students really didn't want to, you know, their idea of office hours was spending an hour doing uh, email. Um, and part of the joy of teaching is getting involved in students' lives and helping them yeah. make decisions and see right. things and et cetera. And um, a lot of times it felt like an advanced vocational technical school. Uh, where I want to learn this, get a job and get out of here. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Um, 
And that's one reason why I wanted to teach a small little arts colleges is because uh, yeah. I wanted to be less of an advanced vocational technical school. Gotcha. And uh, uh, but even now, even as I mean, APU, unbeknownst to a lot of people, is the second largest uh, Christian college in the in, university in the country. It had about over 10,000 students, um, whereas Biola had about 6,500, 6,000 students. Mm -hmm. Baylor is, a, is, is, is the largest one at 15,000. I would have thought Liberty was the largest one. Well, Liberty, yeah. Well, Liberty is large only because of the online programs. They have about okay. 100,000 students when you count the online programs. So you don't count that. Yeah. You're talking about people on the ground. Yeah, yeah. If you count okay. the, just um, the face-to-face -face classes, they call it. Um, uh, they when have you, made, when well, you look back, know. when you look know. back at your career, what stands out to you lessons learned uh would you do the same thing over again would you do it differently well, um <laughs> I, I would still teach i, I still i, I <clears throat> um yeah i, I think i'd still go into teaching no regret no regrets um would you have gone into business instead or, you know, just full time. Well, there are times I wish I'd gone into business, but <clears throat> the thing is, is that it would have, at that time, it probably would have been a larger business. And the larger the entity, the more politics there are. Um, yeah, bureaucracy. And, and I really don't, I don't do well in, in a political environment. I, I, I don't have time for it. You don't um, like politics? I don't like the, I, I don't like the political scheming and, and, uh, and yeah. marketing. Uh, mm -hmm. If it's straight politics in terms of traditional or, 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 um, what do you call it? Um, electoral politics. You don't. You're not talking about electoral politics. You're talking no. about the 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 work culture and the the power grabs that happen right. in right. the workplace. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not a you know I'm I'm a big fan. And I've never been a big fan of tenure, for example. Uh, until really? The last, until the last several years. Um, really? Because I've seen it's been abused by. Um, oh. I've seen faculty abused by by, by uh, um, uh, management administration mm -hmm. um no my, my 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 feeling has always been that if you're doing your job right um you know then you shouldn't need tenure and apu is like that um they have one three and five year contracts and some schools have moved that that direction um and uh but i can see now why tenure is after being an apu why it's a positive thing because it gives tenure faculty um security the difficulty with tenure, though, is that some faculty get tenure and retire. You know, they do. They, they, they why, don't do. Anything. Why they is they, they they retire in their job? They don't do anything else. Someone's list. Someone's listening to this in the future and thinking, "Why do you need security? I don't have security." <laughs> so well, why why does it why does a faculty member need security? Well, it's the is same there, reason why we have unions. I mean, you know, but I, mean, but I might be unions, saying I don't like unions either. There's a lot of abuse. Yeah, I know that. But the reason why we have unions is because management would take advantage of people. I mean, you had kids okay. working 10 hour days on weekends um, and unions are the ones who got rid of that. And uh, the working conditions were deplorable. Now, I'm not saying unions are great, but uh, all the time. But there are you know, there have been some very positive effects of unions. The problem is that a lot of union leadership is corrupt. Um and people, a lot well, of people don't realize that. But I think um, when uh, you think of the the job of a faculty member, this is I think this is where I prefer to look at it is job of a faculty member. It 
it's such a long haul to get there. It, mm-hmm. it takes so much of an attention span just to, just to complete the graduate training and, and then to develop the courses the right way. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, you know, I, I think people with a social media mindset have a hard time with this, I think, but mm-hmm. the very small attention span, but, but if you, you, you can't concentrate if you, if you're thinking about uh, what do I do for income next month? You, mm-hmm. you just can't do the job. That, mm-hmm. So I'm, that's how I look at the, the issue with tenure is tenure helps you do your job better. That's, that's the function of it. That's the right. primary. It's well, just yeah, like yeah. the judges. Judges right. don't have unions. Right. A federal judge has tenure because the design of it is that's a wise thing. You don't want the judge to be looking for a new job after this court case. Well, and the thing is, is you want a judge <laughs> to make a decision based on what. Uh, yeah. Impartially. She, yeah. And, impartially. and I think the same thing in tenure, um, you know, uh, turns out the defendant is hiring. Oh, you well, don't want no. a judge to have that kind of pressure. Right. Well, the thing is, is, you know, academic freedom. Yes. Um, academic freedom. You yeah. know, and, yeah, and, yeah. and that, that's, you know, you that need that like really with Angela Davis at UCLA. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they wanted to fire her and the, tr- and the, and the trustees wanted to fire her, but they couldn't cause she had tenure. Um, Who, who's was, Angela Davis. Angela Davis was, uh, at UCLA. And I forget what department she was in. Um, but, um, I'm not familiar with her case so. anyway. Yeah. But she came out, uh, very liberal, very black before sort of a black Panther kind of person. Uh, she, I, I don't think she's a black pan, not black Panther per se, but a lot of her attitudes and, 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 and viewpoints were, uh, very left, um, okay. and, uh, um, uh, not pro-American, so to speak, if you will. Uh, and they wanted well, to fire how, her, how we, would, how we would consider what some people want to consider pro-American. And you're she saying was, she, what is she an example of? Well, uh, academic freedom, academic freedom. Okay. They wanted because, to fire because her. Because she went against the grain and. Uh, and in an academic freedom environment, you know, you have public discourse should be able to be had without um, uh, fear of ramifications. Now, what, she, you, what year was this case? Because I, I think UCLA is actually pretty left wing. Well, now it is. Yeah. Um, oh, OK. So back then, it was you're back saying. in the 80s, maybe. OK. Um, yeah. All right. It, yeah. And Got then it. She, she, she's now at Santa Cruz. She moved to Santa Cruz, um, which is a better place for her anyway. Um, is from an environmental standpoint, uh, political environment. Now it's, UCLA has gotten more left uh, the last twenty years, but uh, not not while she was there. Um, but but I think that's one reason why um, I, I've seen faculty um, uh, be, become disabused by 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 deans and by uh, other administrators. Um, and uh, so now we got, I've become, I've had a far more appreciation for for tenure um yeah that i had in the past the last several years gotcha but i think i was going to mention i forgot to mention to you but um so i actually taught at uc uh, at university of san diego and chapman university uh both full-time for one semester um because my schedule was different i had a tuesday thursday schedule at chapman and a monday wednesday schedule in the fall semester so i taught both places um i i ran back and forth every day uh four days a week um wow and um that's a uh, lot yeah they, but chapman didn't know that i was doing that i mean the san diego well they I do now they do now 
Well, yeah, I don't think you. Now know. that this podcast is being yeah, published, they, yeah, now they know. Yeah, that's right. Are you afraid that they know that now? No, no, not not at all. Okay. no. Okay, I know because I got I got the best teaching evaluations ever. Uh, really? For, wow. For, yeah, it's that chat. But yeah, what do you yeah. think the role of the teaching evaluation is? Do you think it's that important in in evaluating faculty? You're talking about student evaluations. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Why do you say that? I happen I think, to agree with you, but I mean, yeah, I'm just interested I, I in think, your reasoning. Um, um, I don't think students really know how to evaluate faculty. Um, I think if they went through a seminar, you know, like a, a, a eight hour or four hour seminar, say, this is how you evaluate faculty. This is what's important. This is how you evaluate this. I mean, do, do the objectives of the course do you feel the, do you feel the course at the end of the course has met the objectives of the course in the syllabus? Do you feel like you know more about the subject than you did before, et cetera, et cetera? Um, students get. I, I had one student who wrote down on our evaluation that he worries more about um, uh, uh, getting assignments in on time than anything else. And it's like, well, yeah, due dates are important. Due time, due date. You know, I mean. You tell them, well, you know, if, if, the, if they request- some, pe- some people don't get that part, but okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I like, and so that becomes a very negative comment. And like, and so then they, they evaluate it that way as well. And, you know, the thing is, is like, it's like, if you get uh, a C in a grad course, it takes three or four or five A's to get up to a B uh, in terms of GPA. And it's the same thing at teaching evaluations. If you get a three or a two on a five point scale, and if you get all fours and fives, you get two, or three ones and twos, it, it, it has a tremendous impact on it. And I think that's the problem I have with uh, teaching evaluations. Uh, some schools don't have teaching evaluations. They, they, have, fact, they have peer evaluations. Um, well, and, then the uh, peer, what, what do you think about peer evaluations? I'm not sure what you mean. Think about it. I think it's a great idea. Well, I've been peer evaluated for a long time. Mm-hmm. 15 years i mean not as long as you but but my my peer evaluations were based on based on far fewer data than my student evaluations were at least the students were uh supposedly in the class you know but the the guy would show up one time and just observe you observe one class, yeah, you know, I, just, I don't know. T- they would, yeah. they would, they would write down when I showed up to the class, then they would, they would count the number of students and then they would make observations. And it's like, well, what is that supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and a lot of it was not really peer that, that, that I didn't like mm. the term peer. I didn't like that term because um, sometimes it was a, it was a faculty member that was tenured that was doing this. Man, I don't know. I don't think they really thought of me as a peer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. It's just kind of interesting. It's, I don't know. Yeah. And sometimes it was the dean. Um, I've had as high as the dean sitting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody else, maybe a vice president at some point. I mean, I've known vice VPs and presidents before, but I, I don't 
remember them observing me in the classroom. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, in my experience, when you know somebody's going to observe you in the classroom, then, well, later in my career, I just taught the class the way I normally teach it anyway. But mm-hmm. I remember at the very beginning, I, I, I would do extra well that day mm-hmm. because the pressure's on. But I, I don't think that that's a good way to evaluate a professor. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think it's unannounced. First of all, I mean, I, yeah, I, I've never changed my teaching uh, when I had peer evaluations, um, and uh, but but I, I think um, I think you're right. One data point is not sufficient. These these be several data points, but I think the the uh, were your contracts every year? Were they a year long contract? No, I had a one year contract and a three year and two three year contracts, or. No, well, I had um, I had but, three. I had one year contracts at APU uh, for the first few years, three years maybe. And I I, I thought one year contracts are fine, um, but I had to go to a three year contract because that was policy. I said, well, oh. that's just at one school of the what six schools you mentioned? Yeah, seven yeah, schools. Everybody still had tenure. Yeah. Well, except by all. So um, what I mean is, the majority of your teaching time, did you have one year contracts or no? What, no, well, how, well, I mean, what was the character of those contracts? Well, if, you're a, if you're on a tenure track, then, um, uh, you know, you uh, have to, they have to inform you by January 31st of the year that you're going to get, that that's going to be rehired. Uh, okay. If, if they don't, then they uh, have to, if they, if they let you know in April, um, then they have to, and if, unless you're up for tenure, if you're up for tenure, it's a different process, but um so uh, it was presumed that you'd be rehired. In other words, you're saying. Well, no. Yeah, if you didn't get a letter by January 31st about in terms of being hired or not hired, then that that, that was a problem. Um, oh, okay. And the state of California requires that. Uh, I don't know if anybody else if it's higher than that, but I know state of California does. Um, and uh, um, unless you're going through the tenure process that semester, um, so. I think it's very difficult to measure quality teaching. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most people know how to do it. That's why it is the way it is. They mm-hmm. just make stuff up. They go, okay, students, you do, you, you do it. Uh, we'll throw a peer in there. And then, then, in there, they, then you have this cherry picking where you're just cherry picking data. If you like the value, if you like the faculty member already, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any complaints or the complaints are such that, uh, you don't, you're not bothered by them, mm-hmm. then, then you f- find a way to, to, to put those data points in. And yeah. uh, if you don't like the faculty member, then you find a way to mitigate those good data points and bring in some bad ones somehow. Yeah. And that's just the way it is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. teaching is so difficult to to evaluate i think mm-hmm. in a, in a yeah. way in a in yeah. a in a way that's fair to the job mm-hmm. fair to the person fair to the institution mm-hmm. and all the pressures that are constantly changing yeah. because the regulatory environment is changing mm-hmm. which court cases decide what and hence require certain training is constantly mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. Um, the expectations of the students are changing Mm-hmm. the the uh, the available pool of people that are willing to enroll in your university that's changing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the culture is changing. Yeah. Politics are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a mess, I think. But mm-hmm. and it just I think tenure just makes it easier in that mm-hmm. sense that it's just okay. Well, all right. Well, then if you want full professor, then you got to do X Y Z. Well, actually, but, you have to be. You can't become an associate professor unless you have tenure. Usually. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is tenure makes it easier to At the, evaluate uh, professors because yeah. then it's it's kind of like you're just assumed to be rehired. Um, it's mainly about rehire rights. That's what tenure is about. Yeah, the thing is, is though tra- tenure generally is not transferable. So if right. you move to that's the right. school, now the yeah. UC yeah. system is a little different. If they hire you as a social professor, they give you tenure at the same time. Um, yeah. So, a lot. Well, a lot of the private schools are like that too. If you come in as a full professor, usually you have tenure. Right, you can, yeah. If you come from another school, you know, I didn't realize well, it's, it's almost it's almost twelve twenty, and um, I I, need to get a, I have an appointment at one o'clock. I need to get ready for so um, doctor's appointment. So, um, is there anything else you wanted to um, briefly chat about um, before um, we close up? I think we covered all of them. Uh, all of the data points, uh, but I did want to ask you: Did is there anything you would do differently? I think uh, I already right. asked you that, and I don't think you answered. Well, I, I, you know, I guess the thing I would do differently is uh, I would not have been as transparent my uh, my file I I, I um, uh, submitted for tenure at Chapman. Uh, I, I would I would have been more circumspect um, and only done the positive. Um, and I, I assume that people would see that the positives outweighed the negatives. The, the positive comments were more, were more negative, com- more positive comments than negative comments. And uh, I, th- I thought people would see that. And I thought people would be sophistic- sophisticated enough to see that there was no, maybe once or twice out of 12 or so evaluations that there was maybe a, a t-test a, a difference, but otherwise significant difference, but otherwise not. Um, but yeah. like I said, when they want to get rid of you, they want. And what's interesting about that case is that um, a year later, um, the, the administration figured out what, was, what she was doing. She was targeting people and um, they gave her six months to find another job. So we'll give you a positive recommendation in the next six months. If you leave, if you don't leave, then we will not give you one. Um, why do you so think she, tar- why do you think she targeted you? Uh, she was targeting every, a number of people. I don't know why she did. I really don't. Um, could have been and, personal, could have been political somehow. I think, well, naturally, some of it's personal. I think some of it's just simply, um, I didn't necessarily fit her role. I, I, I really don't know. Be honest. I mean, I, I didn't, um, sorry that happened. Yeah. And, um, uh, but on the other hand, you really can't get a pay, pay increase, a substantial pay increase unless you move. Um, and so, you know, that's really about tenure, it becomes an anchor. Um, and so, cause so you're happy with your career so far. I mean, yeah, your, yeah, your yeah, career yeah. as it, as it is. Yeah. yeah the last so couple of years, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it's because of elder care and there's a lot of stress with that and fatigue and, um, well, you have a lot of teaching experience and it's been very interesting. How, how one more question, how would you say the students have changed? How would you say the institution has changed? Um, Institutions have changed in the fact that um, uh, they become more, more administration, more, more, more administrative and oriented as well as student oriented. They say they're student oriented, but they're more administrative oriented. Yes, they um, are. 
<clears throat> and uh, uh, and part of that's because of legal issues, uh, yep. federal f- federal guidelines, et cetera, um, and court and, decisions. Yeah. And, and and student wise, um, I think there are students in college that shouldn't be there yet. I used to say shouldn't be there at all, but I think they need to wait longer. Because uh, I think some students, they really don't know why they're there because their friends are going to college or their parents say they're going to go to college or whatever. And they should maybe wait three or four years and get some, do something and then come back and go to college. Um, the number of people I've talked to who are uh, amazing, especially guys, moms of guys in particular, uh, who've said their kids didn't do well in high school and uh, dropped out of college uh, and bounced around and decided to go back to college, went, went, to, got, went to the military or got a construction job or did something and then went back to college. Um, and all of a sudden they're like A students and uh, A and B students in high school, they barely got through it. And I said, well, that's because they have a purpose. They know what they're about now. And, uh, you know, guys' brains in particular don't, we don't know people's brains don't really uh, fully form until like 24, 25, 26. Um, and so, I mean, you're asking people to make major decisions by the 22, you know, you're going to yeah. college and you can, and 80% of college graduates do not work in their major of college. So would you say it's fair to say there's too many students? Yeah. You need all you those students to pay those big fat, uh, administrator salaries though. Yeah. So that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Tom Buckles, professor for 40 years of mm-hmm. marketing and business. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights on yeah. higher education. Well, thank you for having me, um, Dr. Mather. You're and, welcome. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, stay in touch, keep in touch.